Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners, macabre murders and captivating crimes from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tale that we tell. And it's episode 177, our Halloween special. Halloween, yeah, surrounded by pumpkins. <laughs> as far as the eye can see, there are pumpkins everywhere. It, this wasn't entirely intentional yeah but it's happened it's happened yes we are fast approaching halloween 2023 and that means we do a special episode where we get a little bit more spooky but also i cover my house in halloweeny shit yes sinead finds everything orange you can possibly find this is a fraction of what i could do Nick. <laughs> I, can, I can well imagine <laughs> i've got pumpkins ben bought me a pumpkin oh. and i was like i'll oh, put up my pumpkin lights and put up these decorations and light all the candles and like, there is more than one pumpkin yeah, there's four. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Ben bought you a pumpkin, and you went, I need no, no, more! No, 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 he bought me all of them. He bought you four pumpkins. I, said, I sent him out to get pumpkins. To buy four pumpkins. Yes, I did. I said, you have an allowance of 20 quid to get me pumpkins. Get me as many pumpkins as this you can This was only 10 pounds quid. worth. This was, this was, <gasps> you could have twice the amount of pumpkins. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. Don't worry. There needs to be a display. Delightful. Yay. Are you feeling Halloween-y? Uh, not especially. <laughs> Are you feeling Halloween-y now that you've been assaulted by pumpkins? <laughs> It's very orange. <laughs> okay, well, you look like a monk yes. today because you've got your hoodie up. Also, now very warm. It is very warm. Because <laughs> my husband just made a ragu. Yes. And the kitchen is boiling. So it's not a wise outfit of choice, <laughs> I feel, because I'm very hot. Okay. Apart from that, how are you? I'm fine. You're fine. Bumbling along. Bumbling along. Bumbling along. Any poisonings this week? Um. Hmm. Oh, 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 now I sense that there are things you'd like to poison. Oh, many, many, <laughs> many things. Many things. Starting with people who sell houses and oh, build houses. And, but then if I do that, then it's not going to get any quicker, is it? So I feel the poisoning should probably wait uh. until after they sign things. Then I will <laughs> slaughter them all. Until that point, I think that will only delay things further. It's annoying. But don't. Yes. I think your time is coming. Been saying that for about four months now. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I was all like, it's definitely going to happen this week. Definitely, like, yeah, yes, definitely. It's, no, it's no, going to be happening anything. for this week for about three months now. I know, I'm sorry. So it's but it's going to happen. It's... And imagine all the pumpkins I'll bring you. 
Oh, good. Rotting, horrible pumpkins. <laughs> when I'm in for Easter. Yeah, have some mouldy pumpkins. Here we are. I've been saving these for you, Nick. What a delight. I don't think I'll poison anything because, you know, we're coming up to spooky season. It's, it's a good time of year. Well, you'll um, be putting pumpkin spice nonsense and everything. So that's poison enough, I feel. <laughs> The spirit of non-Halloween in front of us. What is, what's wrong? Well, I've, I've no issue with the spirit of Halloween. Just doesn't have to be pumpkin spice spirit. Have you had to have anything pumpkin spice? No, but I object to it on moral <laughs> grounds. You don't like the fact that it's in my house. No, indeed. I just don't like the fact that it exists. Well, according to you, it doesn't exist because all I've had in the house. I don't buy the syrups or anything. I've got the Nespresso pumpkin spice cake based coffees which do bloody taste <laughs> lovely and cakey and they're a symphony of flavours and you got really annoyed that I had them you just don't want me to have nice things that's, that's, exactly, that's pretty much what it is uh, yeah yeah. I just want you to be miserable really yeah. you just come round and knock shit off just, my yeah, shelves just like no you can't have that smash <laughs> it's quite fitting with your hoodie up at the moment you do look like a no, I don't think you look like a yob. <laughs> <laughs> yob with a very big grey beard sticking out the front. More, more of a sort of stealth wizard. Yes. Sort of, <laughs> sort of evil Santa going on there. <laughs> Which is great, obviously. <laughs> Halloween is his time to shine. Yeah. Well, speaking of not wanting your friends to have nice things, but secretly wanting them to have very, very nice things, I think it is time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. Yes, indeed. And this week we should say thank you to everyone who has joined us on Patreon over the many, 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 many years. <laughs> many, 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 many years. Feels like many, many years. Past and present Patreons. Thank you. (laughs) If you're a past one, come back. Come back, come back, come back. Come back, go on, go on, go on. Thank you to everyone who has supported us and is supporting us on Patreon. Patreon this month, yes, as we get towards Halloween, you know I go crazy for spooky stuff, so you're going to get some extra content. We have a PC Morris episode coming out for the Cyanide Connoisseurs. We also have some spooky stories from myself, and so it's a good time to be a Patreon. Or if you hate Halloween, don't. (laughs) Wait (laughs) till next month, and that stuff will be there. Leave it a couple of weeks. If you hate Halloween, leave it a couple of weeks. And then join us. Join us for fun. Pumpkins pummeled at you. (laughs) (laughs) You also get an extra episode every single week as a Patreon, as well as video content. Lots of video content. You get to see us filming, filming. You get to see Nick in his hoodie. Yes, it's a delight. <laughs> Everyone should pay for that. Yes. You also get to see us try all the cocktails. Recently, I put up the video of us trying the jellies. The jellies. Yeah, I forgot about that. And I've forgotten how spodgy they were. <laughs> it was good fun. <laughs> it was an experience. If mm. you want to know what the hell we're talking about, please consider joining us and supporting the show on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash the poisonous cabinet to find out all about it. Nick, we also have a little promo this Do week. It. This oh, is the first yes. I'm hearing of it. I've not, I've not approved this. Where's, where's my veto? I think you will approve it. Well, maybe you, you can decide. Okay. Because it's from our dear friends. Ooh. Dave King <gasps> and Emma Spicer. Ever good. Who are the hosts behind I See Bad Movies. Oh, that's fine. I like that. <laughs> They're allowed. Our splendid, splendid friends who have a podcast dedicated to watching terrible movies. And they do scour and they search and they do different themes. They've also done one... That is based on this week's episode. And I've not Ooh. revealed to you what we're doing yet, but Ooh. they've watched a film based on this and <laughs> they're a wonderful, they are a dream duo. Check out their promo. David, I want to tell you my secret now. Okay. I see bad movies. In your dreams? No. Well, you're awake? Yes. Bad movies like Climbtergeist, Killer Sofa? On streaming services like regular movies. 
They don't have decent budgets. They don't edit their scripts properly. The main character is usually the writer, producer and director. They don't know they're bad. How often do you see them? All the time. And you can too. <laughs> <laughs> Look for I See Bad Movies wherever you get your podcasts. And join me, David. And me, Emma, as we dive into some of the most iconic... And not-so-iconic bad movies around. We watch them so you don't have to. Listen to I See Bad Movies wherever you get your podcasts. Wonderful. Check out I See Bad Movies wherever you get your podcasts and also on the social medias because they're there the and socials. they share many things. Also, the, the, the covers for all of the films... They show like the DVD covers and the promo videos. They are outstanding. It is an experience. Marvelous. Well, Nick, are you ready? Oh, go on then. To drink cocktails and talk about poison, mm. or mm. apple. <laughs> to drink poison and talk about cocktails. Okay. Both. Yeah. Why not? Let's mix it's it Halloween. up. Let's see what we get for trick or treat. Let's go with the first one. Yes, whatever that was. But I fear we need a drink. It is my story this week, but we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell, and it will flavor our cocktail of the week. My story, so my pick. And this week's secret ingredient is... Yes. A monk. A monk. A monk. Any specific monk? Oh, just the spooky monk. We've been quite specific on our monks. You have been specific <laughs> so in the past. I, I need to know someone. which particular monk we're on about. Oh, well, a, a ghostly monk. A ghostly monk. Yes, a creepy monk. A, mo- a monk who may have done bad things. A may or may not have. Or may not have done bad things. Right. But he's definitely dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you could have said a dead monk. No, he's dead. Yeah. Okay, fine. Let's go with monk. We're gonna well with monk as your ingredient, your inspiration. Mm. What have you come up with? Well, there are there are a few sort of. I was thinking, mm, uh, because monks are generally quite well known for their love of a beverage. They do enjoy a beverage. They do enjoy a beverage yeah, and making a beverage. They do make a lot of uh, yeah, beverages. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, in their lordly ways, the, the possibilities were quite expensive. Mm. Really. So this week we are having. I'm sorry, I quite like the name. We're having a widow's kiss. A widow's kiss? Yes. What's that got to do with monks? You'll find out, won't you? Oh, well, I find out, right? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, impatient one. What the fuck has that got to do with monks? Do it again. <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes I'm like, what the fuck is that? You're like, I couldn't be bothered. A widow's kiss? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, is, is she just about to die? Is, is she about to Ooh. lose her husband? Is she kissing her husband goodbye? Has die. she just been widowed and is really desperate? Who knows? <laughs> oh. I didn't get a backstory. Okay. <laughs> Let's develop one as we go. Okay, I like this. And there's more to be revealed, I sense. Apparently so. Marvellous. I think we should uh, procession monk-like into the poisonous <laughs> cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. So, Nick, we have the widow's kiss. The widow's kiss. The widow's kiss. Yes. It's, it's brown. Brown, orangey what, brown. What has the widow been doing? Orangey brown things. Orangey <laughs> brown. Oh, well, you know what? I asked and I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> she's been kissing rotting pumpkins. That's what she's been doing. Okay. So, brown drinks always serve as well. Um, yeah. Widow's yeah. kiss. But 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 there's something monkey involved. <laughs> yes. Yes, Not indeed. a monkey. Not Sorry. a monkey. <laughs> Monk-esque. <laughs> yes. I see what I did Monk- there. Yes. yes. So that could be any of the evil stuff. <laughs> They do enjoy a twig, does a monk. They do enjoy a and twig. Monks do enjoy a twig. There's they quite... also enjoy a nice beer as well. They do. Why am I having a nice pint right now? Or is there some beer in there? 
I don't think there is, but <laughs> <laughs> a woman can dream. A woman can dream. All right, okay. I'm gonna well. have a have a smell. <laughs> the aroma of the Halloween. Ooh, okay. It smells of good things. Good things. I like these things. Good. Ooh, okay. I'm glad. Um, I guess we dive in. Merry Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Ooh. That's very me. That's very you. I don't mind it. Hang on, I do. Wait. <laughs> what? <coughs> oh. 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 <laughs> it's a ghost. <laughs> Sneaks up on you. Yeah. <laughs> it's very you. The the first taste. Oh, it's lovely. And then it goes, oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh, oh wait a minute. Oh, 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 herbally shit. Twigs and things. Is there absinthe in this? There's not, no. There's not. It, but I, I get why you think there you, is. Yeah. yeah, do you see I what get, I mean? I get why you, yeah. Anything else with wormwood in it? Come on. <laughs> not that I'm aware. It may well be in a small amount, but it's not a predominant characteristic of the other things. Uh, sorry. That's <laughs> uh, just crawled into my face. I don't know what that is. Oh, oh, I have so many words to say. I'm going to try and take some guesses before I sip it. How's the second sip? Oh, I'll be drinking more of these. Oh, are you? oh yeah. great. Oh, no. I'll crack on. Oh, the start is so nice. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just oh, there's something fucking herbally in there. Sorry, medicinal. I'm getting medicinal. But do you like it? I don't mind it. I do like it. I don't love it, but I don't. I'm not indifferent to it. So that's a good thing. It's a good thing. I I agree. I don't strongly agree, nor do I disagree or strongly disagree. That's where I am. right. <laughs> I'm telling you, where does that put you? Like in the number five, <laughs> seven. Uh, seven, oh, seven, okay. Six, six or seven. Six or seven. But I think it's. I'm going to drink it, and I can appreciate it for what it is. What but is it? should I? <laughs> okay, so monk stuff, Benedictine. Yes. Yes. Just. Just. I knew it would be, and that's great because Benedictine monk. Hey. Hey. Is there anything else, Twiggy? Yes. Oh, fuck. Don't don't do this. What? Is there yellow chartreuse in this? Yes. Oh my god. See, but I knew. I knew there was something wrong. I knew there was something wrong. You tried to every time, every time you put it in. So I'm really pointing at Nick now. Well, it's quite, quite accusatory, accusatory here. <laughs> every time he tries to sneak yellow chartreuse in, he always gets the question, do you like it? Do you like it? Do you like so it? yeah, do you like yeah. It? Do you? Do you? Um, I can taste it afterwards. There's something. Yeah. What, a bourbon? Or a, like, no? A scotch? Nope. Ooh, cognac? Nope. Booze. 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 Miscellaneous boozes. <laughs> For Halloween. Boo. How many other things are in it? One other thing. One other thing. Uh, um, well, and something else. Bitters? Bitters, yeah. Bitters, okay. But never never count the bitters yeah. as a thing. Got, that's a garnish. <laughs> seasoning. That's a seasoning. It's a seasoning. It's not being brilliant. It's a seasoning. <laughs> so, well, yeah, one other thing. Our, our base spirit. The base spirit. Yep, the main thing. Rum. Fuck. There's no other spirits, Nick. There's no, There's no other You've spirits. Really out of I refuse to name any other spirits. What is it so I can cry? Calvados. Oh, God, why? Why did it... Mm. <laughs> Lesser used one, I'll give you that. I'd need to stop saying that I like Calvados because you... I never freaking find it <laughs> is what happened. I, yes, Calvados, I know it so well. Yeah. I am a liar, people. <laughs> Everything is based Alcohol, on Alcohol, yes, I know it. I like it well. <laughs> <laughs> 
What particular time? I'm not fussy. But, yeah. <laughs> I'll just turn on the wanker again here. But I think that's why I like it, because I really like uh, Calvados. Oh, no, clearly. Okay, Calvados, Benedictine and Chartreuse. Yep. Why? Why would you do this? Because it's delicious and lovely. <laughs> the monks would be proud. The monks would be very proud. Yep. The monks would be... That's two types of monk. Two types of monk in there. Two types and I'm sure of... a monk made some Calvados once. I, I, actually, I don't think you're wrong. So I don't know if they came up with it, but I'm sure... No, they didn't come up with it. They, I'm sure they squished an apple. <laughs> I think a monk somewhere squished an apple and went, the Lord has blessed me with booze. And they went, mate, stop just licking that juice off your arm. It's not booze. And then drinking loads of beer. Okay. All right. Well, I'll I'll allow it. Oh, how kind. Because it's very monkey. It's quite monkey. Yes, it's got two lots types of, monk of monks in it. There's two lots of monk in it. Benedictine monks and some Carthusian monks. Mm. Just... Blend the monks up. Well, you're very happy. Nah. I will allow... It's, it's mellowed a bit. It still hits after... Sorry, I've taken the third sip and I keep thinking, no, it's... Oh, the aftertaste comes back, that fucking chartreuse. Yum. <laughs> it's not green. That's the only saving grace here. Okay, well, I don't mind it. <laughs> scary, scary cocktail. Right, with... The Widow's Kiss. Yes. Firmly in hand, clutched to your chest. Mm. Are you ready for a story? Oh, I think so. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Now, as we have firmly established, this episode is coming out, <laughs> but a few days before Halloween 2023. Is it really? really? This is news to all of us. And around this time of year, we like to lean into something a little bit more spooky. Something a bit more supernaturally, something that's delving into the other world for our listeners. It's not something that we do all the time. It's not something that we do in general because we are a historical true crime podcast. In previous years, we've talked about the Cock Lane Ghost. That was a crime. We have. We have talked about the horrors of the witch hunts. We have. For two years in a row, actually. Yes, indeed. Yes, yes. There are more stories I'm sure we can cover, but I wanted to do a curveball this year. Mm. I thought we should bring one of our favourite themes of Patreon onto the main episode. Okay. Which is the haunted venue. The haunted, ah, the haunted venue. <laughs> TM, trademark. <laughs> trademark, trademark, trademark. trademark. <laughs> Patreon subscribers will know what we mean when we just go haunted venues, haunted venue. The terrible name for us talking about places that <laughs> are haunted. Venues. Haunted venues. Yes, and we have in the past Dreadful talked name. about this. Dreadful name. But we haven't done a good old haunted house. The classic on the main episode for a while. Oh, yeah, have... on the main episode. Okay, I can give you yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, on the main episode, there have been haunted houses and things have happened, but not really been the focal point. So I thought it was time to do the big one. Okay. In the UK. You think haunted haunted venues, haunted houses. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, you've got a place like Hampton Court. That's uber haunted. Oh, God, that would have been better. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> so you've got like big palacey castles, yeah. like Dover Castle. Quite a quite a big venue to begin to be quite honest a big with you. venue. Would you call that a house? Probably it's not, not really a house. Really a no, house. I mean it's, it's a you large, might large castle on a cliff. Castle's <laughs> um, own couch. Okay, no houses, dear houses. Houses. Or like oh, Enfield. Oh, good. One of the big ones. I was gonna say that's that's one of the big ones. But there's another one. There's another. There's another house. There is another one. We are going this week to Borley Rectory. Oh, mm. a monk house. A monk house. It, it, it reportedly. One of the many most haunted <laughs> houses many. in England, in the yes. UK. Now, I'm going to start with a little disc. You know that normally we focus on true crime because crime is the focal point 
of our stories. And this week's story has a mountain of resources detailing about what allegedly happened at Borley Rectory, this place that has been talked about and discussed and is beloved and feared by ghost hunters, anyone who's got a vague interest in the paranormal and the supernatural and people who are interested in history as well. Uh, you know, Borley Rectory is up there. There's so many resources on it. It's really up to you guys to decide what sort of crimes, because there are allegations. Uh, so, nah, okay, have we got some crime in there? Yes. Good. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> not, not ghost crimes. <laughs> Just making Move sure this teapot. Yeah. <laughs> we're not talking about ghost crimes here. Real, actual, real life crimes that led to a haunting. Yes. Good. Okay. And fine. morally, there's a moral question. Is there of a crimes. moral? Okay. Well, I think it's valid, but it's up to you that what you decide what sort of crimes are committed on the grounds of the most haunted venue in England, allegedly. <laughs> because this is always the challenge that we face on a true crime podcast. We want to back it up with resources. Usually you get one of two things happen. You get amazing historical detail and then you go, and then someone haunts there every night. Woo! And there's not much of a ghost story. And then you get an incredible ghost story where you've got all of this coverage or all of these details and accounts of what's happened and then someone went, oh, someone was vaguely murdered. Just vaguely murdered. Vaguely murdered. Vague, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe there was. Maybe someone was a bit naughty, <laughs> <laughs> with nothing really linking it to that. I'm. I'm going to say there are some questionable bits in here that I'm going to report. However, there's some other bits that okay. are interesting. That's why I like the story of okay. Bonnie Rectory, and that's why we're going there this week. Fine. Also, it's Halloween. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> So, it's a tale of hauntings, ghosts from the past, but also of secrets, lies, and greed. <laughs> and with all good ghost stories, it starts with a monk and a nun. <laughs> yes, as all classic ghost stories do. Monks are quite scary. Right. Like a ghost monk. Is that where monk? ghosts come from? <laughs> when a monk and a nun love each other very much. <laughs> they get certain urges. <laughs> Well, I mean... And the Lord is displeased. Exactly, eternal damnation. Is that where they come from? <laughs> Jesus. Nick, you've blown this case <laughs> wide open at the first paragraph. Good Lord. So Borley, Borley today, it's a place, it's real. It is, yes. It is a small village. I say small village, is, it's a hamlet. We call that a hamlet yeah. in England, which Tiny, is a, a collection of houses and a church yeah. and nothing else. In Essex, North yes. Essex. Yes. On the border of Suffolk. It's mentioned in the Doomsday Book. It's old. Mm, it's old, it's old. Teeny, tiny, tiny place. The church there is still standing. The parish was owned by several prominent people over the centuries. I'm not going to go into the details of what becomes a manor and what becomes a parish and everything. Yeah. Canterbury owned it for a bit. Oh, nice. Yeah, they did. Um, but yeah, little cluster of houses and serfs and a church that various people went. It's mine. But the famous Borley Rectory was built in 1862. Okay. So oh, fairly so recent. later than I was, I was thinking. You hear Borley Rectory mm. and you think, oh, ghostly goings on. Yes, you think it's like, like medieval type things. Well, there were medieval things, apparently. <laughs> but not a rectory. <laughs> but the facts start at 1862, my right. friend. Okay. When it was built by Henry Dawson Bull on land where previously a rectory had burned down. That actually happened. Oh, okay. So there was a previous rectory. Which, a rectory is where the reverend lives. Yes. For those who need to know. There was a rectory beforehand, a smaller one. It burnt down in 1841. But a long, long time before that, in the medieval times, there was a monastery. There was a monastery. A monastery. Apparently named Barking Abbey. Nice. 
Mm. I'm sure Gerald Henry did away with that. He did. He did. He wasn't best pleased with the monastery. He wasn't a fan. The monastery was allegedly built around 1362. There was a convent nearby as well. Mm. Monastery, convent, that can't result in any problems, can it? (laughs) No. no. Not not at all. But it did. It did. It did. Surprise. In the 14th century, a Benedictine monk. There it is. There it is. And a young novice from the convent. They fell in love, Nick. (gasps) Their eyes met over a vegetable patch, probably. (laughs) That's what they do, isn't it? They tend to vegetables. Over over a large wall. Yes. (laughs) They appeared at each other. Hello. They fell in love. They they abandoned their vows. (gasps) They would go to the woods and meet to kiss and chat and touch each other's boobs. (laughs) Okay. The style at the time. (laughs) The pair eventually chose, it was said, to elope. They were going to run away together. Mm. They were going to meet in the woods. The monk had also enlisted the friend's help from the monastery as a coachman. He was going to, oh, okay. he, had a, he had a carriage. They were, going to, they were going to run away together, the two of them. But, mm, yeah, it didn't really work out that well. The pair were caught, Ooh. said. The pair were caught and they had to face punishment for their crime. Mm. The monk, it was said, was hanged. That's quite severe punishment. Yeah, he was killed. They were all sentenced to death. Yeah, okay. Dead, dead, dead. The nice version is the monk was hanged. Yeah. The slightly worse version is the monk and the coachman were beheaded. Okay. The nun does not get off easy. No, I imagine not. Yeah. She was probably accused of seducing the monk. Oh, probably. The monk was a pious religious man until the nun turned up. We better kill him so he's not sullied anymore. The nun, what do you think her punishment was? Well, they they used to to, like bricking nuns up in walls and things. In churches. Ten points for Nick. Hey! In the walls Ooh, yeah. of a building on the land, she was immured. Mm. She was bricked up in the walls of the monastery, it was said, and left to starve to death, a yeah. slow, agonizing, miserable death yeah. alone. So that is the legend around. Now, this was told over the centuries, over years and years and years of the of the poor nun and the monk who died on this spot. Is there a monastery? Was there any record of a monastery there? I mean, you know, look, there's no evidence, but that doesn't get in the way of the fact that it happened. Absolutely not. (laughs) It's funny when you look through different resources that people name the monastery, give it the name, Bulking Monastery, and others go, well, we're not really sure that that ever happened. I mean, like, the the, the story is weird. The monastery, where the fuck was that? Where's the records of that? We got Mm. the Doomsday Book, but no monastery. Yeah, that's what she has written down. It it sort of does, (laughs) but people... Difficult to lose a whole monastery. (laughs) And I love these stories, how conveniently a lot of people have not gone, look, it didn't exist. Yeah. They've just left it in there going, look, you don't know for certain. And let's just have a sense of wonder and, and mystery. And it's a great story and it's paying my bills. <laughs> <laughs> there was also another story, a legend about the nun as well, that would emerge 300 years later. Okay. Uh, you know the Waldegrave family? Linked with Queen Mary, very, very I can't prominent. Say I do, to be honest. Very, very prominent. And apparently one of the family married a novice. I think it was a French novice. She wasn't from the convent. There was no convent there at the time. That's That's gone out the window, <laughs> that bit. Married her and then took her down to the cellar of his house and strangled her. Oh, jolly. Yes. I don't think that was on the wedding night. <laughs> <laughs> There's no details. Strangled her, buried her. Ha, 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 ha. She did. Right. Fun. So another nun was buried down there 300 years later. So people just like flip between the two stories. They're about... entirely interchangeable now, those stories. Yeah. yeah about dead <laughs> nuns. Chilling stuff, but it definitely happened. 
Now, the rumour of the monastery probably has to come from somewhere, so I'm sure there are old buildings on the site. No doubt. How heavily documented, we don't know. The church has certainly been there for many, well, many, many years. If a there's decade. a church, yeah, absolutely. There would there be buildings supporting the church mm. and everything. So, yeah, absolutely. No doubt there were ruins and things that may well have got interpreted as mm. something grand monastery, but it was probably like, that's where they kept the horses. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And also, we don't know what was wiped out in Henry VIII's just crazy reign. I'm like, let's scratch this from history. But along comes Reverend Henry Bull in 1861, who has followed in his relative's footsteps to live as the Reverend of Borley. And he builds a new rectory. And he builds a huge, gothic, Victorian-style nice. pile. They weren't subtle. No, red brick. Victorians, yeah. This is big. He needs many a wing because he has 14 children. <laughs> Christ, they need a wing each, at least. <laughs> yes, they did. The previous rectory, too small, too small, need more of this. There we are. I don't know if he burnt down I was going to say, previous... that's, why, that's why I accidentally burned down one night. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, how sad, how sad. But yes, he builds the Borley Rectory as people know of it and it's documented in, in photographs. Apparently, there was one report and I'll include it that underneath this rectory was a series of tunnels that are never mentioned yeah. and never used and no one knows why they were there. They were ancient tunnels made by Druids <laughs> a thousand years ago <laughs> where evil things were sacrificed <laughs> to dark and scary gods. And it's in a really good report of this story where I was looking through going, well, that's great. <laughs> Googling like, there's, there's no, 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 there's no, no reference there really. People say, oh, there might have been. <laughs> I saw something down. I saw a hole in the ground. It's a tunnel. There we are. <laughs> well, the tunnels there? aside, maybe that's the problem. During construction of the rectory, a group of builders took a break to go swimming in the nearby river. And amongst them was a 17-year-old boy named Weird. W-H-Y-A-R-D. Nice. So I think that is weird, isn't it? Wired? 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 Wired. Well, he's dead. He right, dr- okay. He, he drowns. He drowns. He drowns on this break. And obviously, all the locals and everyone think it's a bad omen. Bad omen for the building of the of the rectory. It's not, not, not ideal, it's not as great. we said. No. But the Bull family move into the property with their servants, because this is a big place. Mm. All seems well, until the noises start. Oh, the banging family... from those tunnels. <laughs> People just tunnelling through. Just nuns in the wall. Hello. You weren't meant to brick them in when you built the place. (laughs) (laughs) The family begins to speak of sounds that they'd heard and sights that they'd seen. Footsteps through the house where no people had tread. Henry's son, Harry, who would later become the rector Mm. of the place. We've got Henry and Harry Bull. We're going to dash back between them. But right now we're in Henry's reign, as it were. (laughs) His son spoke about seeing a ghostly coach sweeping down <gasps> a lane that a was coach. next to the rectory. A coach? A co- and, and does that like tap back to the story? Yeah, a coach with a, with a monk and a nun and making ghost babies. <laughs> <laughs> so many shagging sounds he heard. The tapping was the tapping of that ass. <laughs> Walked into that, didn't he? Aside from that, aside from that, he found his books thrown around the room, his boots hidden on top of wardrobes. <laughs> Two of the other children, the daughters Ethel and Mabel, spoke of strange goings on in their bedroom. One of the daughters woke to see a dark figure standing at the end of the, her bed. Oh, that's unnerving! And then sitting on her bed. <laughs> And she felt so uncomfortable, she started to share a room with her sister, and then they would hear tappings at the door and footsteps. 
Yeah, and then mm. apparently it's it's during the bull's time in the house that service bells start ringing in the house mm. when no one's pulled the bell. <gasps> to the point where eventually over the years they, they just sever the yeah. service bells. Like, we don't need our tea that much. <laughs> the bells keep ringing. Oh, that's going to be weird. So lots of noises, bangings. Yes, this is a house full of children. Mm. 14 children over the yeah. years. They all will, will all get to adolescence and adulthood. Kids. But weird stuff's happening. So one great story that I love as well is the reports of seeing a shambling figure coming out of the woods with no head. <gasps> okay. Which is terrifying. Yeah. And in all the stories, the shambling figure comes out and then just gets into a ghostly coach and rides off. It's like, when did the coach appear? This is a lot of admin for anyone to be looking at, going as a shambling figure with no head, and now there's a coach. Now there's a coach. Right, there's a lot going on there. But yeah, that just happens. Oh, yeah. But it all ties together, it must be true. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, the ghostly carriage was so regularly seen by Harry Bull that he just took to ignoring it. (laughs) He could hear it rattling along and whatever was going on inside, and he was like, oh, okay, that's just a ghostly carriage, yeah. So used to it. And of course, there were visions of the nun. Oh, of course there were. All of the bull children of that generation had apparently spoken about seeing a strange woman in white in the grounds of Borley Rectory. Plenty of people believe this was the spirit of the lovelorn nun condemned to die slowly and now was haunting the land. She walked there so often that the area that she traversed was called Nun's Walk. Oh. By the kids, by the locals, it was just known that this woman in white as a nun was walking through the grounds there was even a rumor that henry bull the father and sometimes it's called that harry bull did this as well like the names unfortunately are kind of Mm. interchangeable through the years but fascinated by the phenomena and both henry and harry were very interested in the ghostly goings on but a summer house was built at one point so they could sit one or one or other of them can sit and just wait for the nun. Okay. Wait for the nun. Because I suppose if you're sitting out there the whole time going, I want to see there's oh, a ghost yeah. here, you're going to build yourself a little shack. You want to be comfortable. Yes. A nice little summer house. Yeah, absolutely. To watch the terrifying apparition appear. Perhaps she's a lovely, friendly nun. She might be. Oh. Doesn't have to be terrifying. Well, she's just walking. Doesn't have to be screaming at everyone she walks past. Well, she's not terrifying in the way she walks, but the events in the house are frightening <laughs> everyone. It's also said that her face appears at the windows. That will be unnerving. The family, while they're dining, they see the nun's face at the window. Yeah. Now, so actually, I don't want to look at the window now. No. <laughs> <laughs> not looking. Just in case. I've got a big set of double doors. <laughs> Over there, and there's not a time actually. I sit of an evening and I look over at the door and think, "There's going to be a face that appears here." Yeah. If you've ever seen the film The Innocents, one of my favourite films, you'll know what I'm talking about. That would be unpleasant. Yes, the face appeared to the point where they boarded up the windows. (laughs) Just draw the curtains. They didn't, well, uh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Just the curtains. They didn't bother the windows. Oh, maybe just, they, it's mm. just night time. Close the curtains. <laughs> maybe they didn't have curtains. They were a pious sort. <laughs> curtains are the work of the devil, apparently. Right. Servants didn't last that long in mm. the house as well. They would report seeing faces in the window, hearing these strange sounds. They'd be like, absolutely not. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. Here. I'm out. I'm going to go. The Reverend Henry Bull would die at the rectory in 1892 of natural causes. The rectory passed to his son, Harry. And his family the rest of the bull family his siblings all the 14 like mm. you know intermittently they, they they lived there there are a few daughters only one of them got married and moved away mm. actually during the wedding of the daughter who got married 
a relative of her husband to be stayed at the rectory and the next day said i will not stay in that room ever again (laughs) if i come back you never put me in that bedroom again and he Mm. wouldn't say why so it's not just the family who are talking about hauntings at the rectory they Um, people don't give details but it's often said like entirely unrelated (laughs) wasn't haunted at all what do you think i hate the wallpaper I don't want to say it, but it smells. You have terrible, terrible interior design. <laughs> Your sheets are really scratchy. <laughs> it, could, it could be anything. It could be. It could be anything. I never thought of that. Yeah. I love that. Why is it? Why is it? Why is it ghosts? <laughs> why is it? Because this horrible spectral thing came and sat on my head. Because yeah. that's passive aggression, isn't it? It's just you go. It's not me. It's the ghost. It's, it's not that ghost. I'm a terrible, terrible host with cheap sheets. <laughs> but. As Harry Bull now lived in the house and the rest of his sisters and his relatives were living there, more stories would emerge. In 1900, the adult sisters of Harry were walking in a field by the house and they all told the same story of seeing the nun. The nun in white walking, walking behind them. One of the sisters was by the house at the time of this sighting. The the other sisters run up and she says, right, okay, this is just rubbish. This is an actual person. I'm going to go and confront them. Goes up to confront the nun, disappears. Right then and there. So all the sisters tell the different Mm. story. Everyone says that there's four different people who corroborate it. They're all sisters. Yeah, they all had a planned time to make a plan, haven't they? Those are your words, not mine. But it wasn't just the family who reported these sightings. There are plenty of locals, as I said, who who speak of the legends. There was one woman who wrote to the Daily Mirror to explain her own experiences at Borley Rectory in 1886. So when she was a child, she spent a lot of time at Borley with her grandparents. She ended up working as an undermaid at the okay. rectory and spoke of hearing the strange footsteps every night, just basically corroborating stories that had come out. And her grandparents warned her never to pass the building at night. (laughs) Now, as we've said, the house is filled with children going up, going through adolescence, into adulthood. You can imagine a fair amount of shenanigans going on. Yes. Tall tales, pranks being played. Even the adults spoke of strange happenings going on at the rectory. But what do they really have to gain here? They're not making any money at this stage of the stories. It's just a lot of stories. In 1927, Harry Bull died in his sleep at the rectory, apparently of heart failure, but his sisters had another theory, that he had been poisoned by his wife. Okay. Mm. The sisters felt that, well, they would say later on that Harry and his wife Ivy had not had a good marriage. They just weren't suited. They Mm. hated each other. They bickered all the time. He didn't like her. They all just were very, very bitter. Ivy was a nurse, and so the sisters all felt that Ivy may have been slipping Harry some poison to hasten his end, because it was Ivy who benefited from his will Mm. rather than the sisters. Ivy got money, but the sisters were not left the home. Now, it would pass on to another reverend in another position outside of the families, but they didn't benefit from it at all. So, you know, they're annoyed that they've been cut out of the will, but they felt certain that Ivy had had a hand in Harry's death. And also one of the sisters found a bottle of lead acetate in the cellar, Mm. which meant they must have been given Mm. to him. Yes, must must have been. been. Mm. But now the house is vacant, Nick. Yeah. House is vacant. The Bull family are dead. Not all of them. All of them? But, but, just... but some of them. Okay. 
A new reverend moves into the position in 1928. It passes to Reverend Eric Smith and his wife, Mabel. And now things really do ramp up. Oh, good. Apparently the Smiths knew the house had been haunted. They had heard tales. I'm sure they had heard the, yes, they heard the rumours. Many, many rumours. Yep, absolutely. They'd read about the strange goings on. There's enough stories going around about Reverend Bull's tall tales as well, because the the Bull family were very happy to talk about Mm. what had happened in the rectory. But it's such a nice building, so you can feel free to imagine Reverend Smith as the dad in a horror film right now. <laughs> yeah, it's such a bargain. No, 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 no. There's no ghost. There's no goings on. Look, we'll just move in here for six years. And if everyone's dead after that, we'll argue some more. Well, it's also, it's probably part, it's, I think, of the part of the job, though, isn't it? You can't really probably not take it. If you're, if you're, if you're yeah. given, appointed the rector of a church... Mm then it's not as if you can say probably, oh, I don't want to live there. Or If you're offered the position, you don't have to take it. I, th- I mean, this is where my knowledge of what you do to take on a rectory or as a I think reverend... It comes, it comes with the church, really, doesn't it? Well, and there's you... no one in the area. This is a tiny, tiny hamlet. Yeah. If the family and there are no suitable people who have gone into the priesthood or, or whatever are available, you've got to get someone from the outside. Hmm. So... It is offered to people, and most of them will go, yeah, I'll have that huge house <laughs> in Essex. That would be lovely. And by now, people are going, oh, ghost stories, pa, never mind. Uh, you're a man of God. Mm. You can fend them off. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. No, they move in. They crack on with a new home. Busy cleaning, emptying out cupboards. Oh, yeah, dusting around, dusting around. Mabel's cleaning out a cupboard. Yet she finds some paper packaging sort of wedged in, wedged mm. in there. It's like, oh, I better pull that out. Oh, great. That's a human skull. Nice. Mm. Everyone, you, well, you've got loads in cupboards. I d- not a human skull. Not a real <laughs> skull. But she gets a skull. Okay. Like, oh, that's not a good sign. It's never a good sign when you pull not, a skull out of a cupboard that you haven't put there. Not wrapped in paper. No. Yeah. It's odd that you would wrap that in paper as well. It's like, a bizarre thing to gift wrap. Just keep the skull. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, just put that there for later. Fair enough. <laughs> Don't, you've been doing some digging in the garden, come across a skull, mm. put that in the cupboard. I must remember to report that to the police. I'll just put this in the cupboard for now. Well, after that point, Mabel claimed that the house was beset with the usual, the footsteps the servant bells ringing even Mm. though those cords had been severed a long time ago and she said she had seen a spectral horse and carriage in the grounds. So we have another family living in Borley Rectory saying all of these things and it could go on you could just have another series of families going okay it's haunted I'll move out and someone else comes in but they do something a bit different. Okay. Instead of simply moving out or living with it they take the unusual step of asking help from the press. Okay. They contact the Daily Mirror in 1929 and they want help from the Society of Psychical Research. Yep. Help us have people sent down because the exorcisms we're trying to do aren't working. (laughs) Daily Mirror send a reporter and they also send Harry Price. Oh, dear old ghost hunter man. And I think that's time for a drink. Oh, yes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, Nick, we have our drinks. We do. Yes. And we're back with the appearance of Harry Price. More spooky shenanigans, please. Now, do you know about Harry Price? Well, I know I must. I know the name, but I don't know mm. much about the detail behind mm. him. I know he was a ghost hunter and investigator. Yes. But that's about it, really. An early Zach Bagans. <laughs> but with flaws. Mm. An early Zach Bagans. <laughs> so for those who don't know, Harry Price is a big, big, big figure in the world of supernatural investigation. Now, again, I've only sort of brushed the surface of his life. I did a bit of research for this show. I did also message a couple of people who have done more episodes on Harry Price's investigations, including Emma from Real Life Ghost Stories, to get their sort of interpretation, their view of him. Harry Price was born in 1881, so he was Jack the Ripper. <laughs> His life started as a lie because <laughs> he would later claim he was born in Shropshire to wealthy, wealthy parents. Actually, mm. he was born in London. Yeah. He was born in London to a salesman. And he really was a salesman all his life. He was really into his Amdram in his youth. He nice. wrote plays. He loved to act. But it was when he saw a traveling medicine man and magician called the great Sequa. <laughs> okay. That's the only way I can pronounce it. Sequa. 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 When he was eight years old, he devoted his life to the exploration of magic, of the supernatural, of psychic phenomena. Nice. That's where the fascination began. And he had many, many jobs and many, many roles over the years. He was involved in archaeology, he was involved in antiques and stuff like that. But really, this sort of ghost hunting and exploration of psychic phenomena was what made him famous. So he was involved in a lot of investigations, very famous spooky cases. Spirit photographer William Hope debunked that there are no ghost pictures uh medium ruth schneider who could apparently levitate objects he turned up and went no 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 no, no, no. you can't the ectoplasm photos mm. of helen duncan 
if you've ever seen them where I indeed yes b- back in the day when I remember when I was a kid looking at them through one of those books of like all oh, tales of the explained <laughs> I was like oh, it's ectoplasm you look at them now and go no that's just some cloth that's really not yes that's, that's shit <laughs> and obviously he was involved in the story of Jeff the mongoose of course indeed soon to be a motion picture soon to be a motion picture indeed yes, yes. Jeff the mongoose yeah as put by the lovely Emma from Real Life Ghost Stories was a natural salesman he knew a good story when he saw one. He knew how to self-promote. He knew how to get attention. So a lot of his career, I've set him up as kind of a good person to come out <laughs> as debunking mm. certain things. But why did he do that? Because he was very happy to support other supernatural stories when it served his purpose. <clears throat> By the time he got the call to visit Bordy Rectory, behind the scenes, he was not in a good place financially. Uh. Apparently. Exposing fraudsters only gets you so far. Indeed. Yes, yeah. the fraudsters have the money. You've stopped them getting money. Mm. But also, oh shit. Doesn't pay well. Mm. So the chance to visit a famously cursed house is too good to pass up. Apparently, in one of the really great books about this story, that's been recommended by some of our listeners as well, <laughs> it's detailed in this when Price and his assistant first turned up in the village, well, in Borley and asked for directions to Borley Rectory, the man they spoke to said, oh, you mean the most haunted house in England? Okay, that never happened. No. But I kind of really hope that it did, because there's not enough locals standing around going, oh, I see. Uh, absolutely. It's just standing out of the train station <laughs> with a big sign. You want to go to the most haunted house in England, do you, rather than... It's just over there. It's over there, mate. There. Yeah. There's only three houses here. <laughs> but they're all haunted... Trust me. Arsenic plenty. Trust me. <laughs> when Price arrived in June 1929, the activity in the house really ramped up. Mm. As soon as he stepped in, oh, there was a lot to investigate. Yeah. Stones being hurled about the house, hitting people in the head. Objects thrown across the room. Strange tapping sounds, not from the windows, not from the doors, not from the floors, but from the mirrors. Oh, that's spooky. Tapping's from the other side of the mirrors. The spirits are trying to communicate them. This is all very creepy. None of it helps the Smith family. <laughs> all that's happening is he's pointing out more shit that's going on in their house. and they're like, they, they just hadn't noticed before until now. <laughs> like, what? Why is there more? Why? Oh, it's because I'm here. Really? They sense my presence. Yeah. Mm, His mm. assistant's behind the curtain lobbing stones. <laughs> That would be that would be fine. That would be fine if it was just the assistants behind the curtains lobbing stones. No, 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 no. You know, Morse code while you're brushing your teeth on the mirror. Mabel Smith, the wife, not at all convinced by Harry Price. Mm. She's like, we, we asked for help to find out what's going on. It's gotten worse. Yes, you're not helping. You are weird. And also, this all dies down once you've left the house. One of the Daily Mirror reporters who visited the house would later claim but later say that while he was there he was struck by one of these stones on the head it's flying rocks and whereas others might cower cower in the corner like the, the ghosts have struck me he turns right around and grabs harry price by the lapels basically <laughs> nice grabs hold of them and says what the mm, what are you doing searches him his pockets are full of stones yeah what a surprise he's got different stones and different rocks in his pockets and he's just throwing them around and you got to go, why? Why? Yeah, why? Why? Was, was everything else not spooky enough for you? If it was true. <laughs> that you have to be lobbing stones at people's heads. Mm. The Smith family 
have had enough. They leave Borley Rectory mm. in 1929. They're not there for long. They they are smart. They, they're the smartest ones in this. And they go, absolutely freaking not. Uh, Mrs. Smith would later say she felt certain that Harry Price was fabricating yeah. more of the activity in the house. But it started as a genuine complaint. Mm. Even she the ghost got pissed off with Harry. And then they <laughs> left. <laughs> so, she, not us. Nothing to do with us. She maintained she'd seen things. But yeah. then he got there and it all got worse. Mm. So it wouldn't be until October 1930 that the next tenant was found. Reverend Lionel Foster and his wife Marianne and their daughter, a toddler, Adelaide. By now the stories of Borley Rectory are legend. They have been reported again and again. Marianne now is the focal point of the hauntings in Borley Rectory again the spirits have appeared and they're targeting her she reports to her husband of hearing strange noises in the house she's heard her name called that's going to be unnerving whispered her name she hears footsteps objects yes are thrown about this poltergeist activity if you can call it that she's attacked she feels unseen beings striking her her child is locked in rooms where there is no key and they're wrestling to get her out marion is thrown from her bed is flailing around but most disturbingly the family are now noticing strange writing on the walls Mm. it starts off with just scrawls just illegible scrawls and messages that no one could interpret and they try and write on the walls and ask questions the only two messages they can decipher are please send for help and prayers and marion please get help okay and this is seriously after loads mm. of just weird stuff just, you can see pictures of it it's just weird stuff Harry Price did t- returns, returns to the house. He's <laughs> okay. like, don't worry, I'll help. Whether I'll they, figure it out. Whether they call him, whether he turns up again. By now, it's so legendary that when he turns up, loads of bus, loads of ghost hunters and like fans are turning yeah. up. Like, oh, can I see the haunted house? They're like, fuck off, we live here. Mm. Leave me alone. He does more investigations. And the same thing happens again and again. Oh, noises are heard and things are thrown and nothing's really ever concluded. And things die down when he's away from the house. The Smiths would stay there for five years, though. That's bold. They would stay there for five years until they go, enough is enough. This is awful. I think the the, the haunting seemed to ramp up later in their tenure, let's let's call it, at the rectory. But then they would move out. And after that, no one else would take up position at the Mm. church. You know, offer it, hello, Reverend, would you like to stay in this haunted rectory? (laughs) Absolutely fucking not. For two years, the house sat empty until Harry Price leased it himself. Okay, bold. He leased the house for about 12 months in 1937 and he brought with him 48 researchers. Right. I say researchers. Mm. He put an advert in the paper Yeah. and he asked for official observers. Students don't have to pay them, probably. You can just spend periods of time in the house and you just observe the phenomena of Harry and his select few investigators and people from the Society of Psychical Research. They will be there doing their 
Research. 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 Big important <laughs> research. They will be testing if it's cold I've over got here. So many test tubes. I mean, Macy is is, that, is it cold over here? Yes, it's cold over here. Is it warm over here? Yes, it's warm. There would be Is seances. there a fire over there? Yes, there is. Is there a fire over there? No, there's not. What a surprise. <laughs> Are there sounds? There's forty eight people in this house. Absolutely there's sounds. And we're going, whose turn was it to do the washing up? The ghost made me not do it. Oh no. The dishes were haunted. <laughs> I should use that more often. <laughs> I can't do the laundry. I can't do it. The sink's haunted. It's full of ghosts. <laughs> Seances would be conducted on site. And it's worth noting that the reports back from the seances that were held in the house and apparently in the um, summer house that was built that, that was probably built didn't exist. The nun. <laughs> yes, okay. exactly. That the seances did get in touch with three spirits, three spirits in total. It's sometimes reported as two, but there were three according to others, if you want to believe them. One is the nun. They mm-hmm. got through to the nun. Okay. The nun, uh, the nun they got through to was not the medieval nun. Oh, okay, different nun. No, no, no. The nun who was strangled to death. Oh by, yes, he's by yeah, the yeah. by the husband. Yes. Yeah, but she did say there was definitely a monastery there. Mm, okay. Yeah, but she was buried, buried under the house. Oh no, and my bones will be found. Oh, my skull's in the cupboard. <laughs> it's over there. It's very small. <laughs> there was apparently contact with Harry Bull. Harry Bull. Okay. The reverend who had been yeah. there who confirmed his wife had poisoned him. <gasps> it was like going, yes, no, tapping, tapping. Were you mm. poisoned? Were you killed? Yes, yes, by my wife. Mm. And contact from another being, which is always a good sign when you get contacted by an angry spirit named Sunex Amorous. Sunex Amorous. Sunex Amorous, who says he's going to burn down the rectory within the year. Okay. Gave a specific date. Did it burn down on that date? It didn't burn down on that date. No. But it said it was going to burn down the rectory. And they were like, okay. Price and his team eventually move out. And he would later publish his book, The Most Haunted House in England. Mm. And another book afterwards. The house was bought once more in 1939 by a man named Captain Gregson. Captain wasn't his first name. But I didn't think it was, to be honest. <laughs> I wrote it like that, and I shouldn't have. <laughs> it's like really weird when he goes into the army. It's Captain Captain Gregson. Captain, I'm, Captain. I'm Major Captain Gregson. Private Captain Gregson. You've got notions, apparently. <laughs> it was bought by, by Captain Gregson. There he was. He was there. Who'd hoped to use the house to generate income as a tourist attraction. Because mm. he'd heard enough. And I love this man. Because absolutely. he's like, absolutely, bring it on. Making the most of this. Bring it on. He wants to get people through the doors. It's interesting that 11 months later, the rectory burns to the ground. Oh. Not quite to the ground. The, the sort of shell is there. But 11 months, and some people go like, to the day after the seances, it burned down. And it was determined by the insurance company that it was started deliberately Ooh. by an oil lamp being smashed in the hall. So Mr. Mango, and there aren't that many ghostly tourists after all. <laughs> Therefore, I want my insurance payout. Or it was a ghost. It could be that, allegedly. Or, it, absolutely, they denied it. Yeah, of course they the, did. The owner completely denied it and said, no, nowhere near it. Nowhere near. No. Mm. The house went up in flames. Of course, locals said that as the rectory burned, ghostly figures could be seen in the flames, including, according to one woman, the face of a nun in the upstairs window. And that local woman 
charged people a guinea to hear her story. <laughs> right. <laughs> the rectory would sit in ruins and been burned down, but Harry Price would return once more, mm. once more in 1943, because he knew there was evidence, and he knew there was evidence there in them bones of the house. Yeah. He was going to dig, dig down into the cellar, into the bones of the house, and then he found bones. He did. Did he? he? found them in the cellar. Apparently the jawbone of a woman, a woman's jawbone. This confirmed everything that everyone had said that a woman had been murdered on the spot and had been buried and hidden underneath Borley Rectory. And this woman deserved a Christian burial. And Harry Price took her bones to the church and said, bury this woman and let this madness end. And the church said, no, that's the jaw of a pig. <laughs> I thought, you, you're going somewhere with this. You're getting a bit too dramatic. You're going somewhere. <laughs> I like to build the drama. Yeah. In so many words. In so many words, bones were dug up. Uh, yes. And some say it was the jawbone, some was other bones. Oh, look, it's jawbones. And the church went, we're not, we're not burying a they pig. Are, I can't imagine that. I'm not, I mean, I've seen the jawbone of a pig. I've cooked it. How? What? Sorry, I was going to ask. What have you done? <laughs> I've cooked a pig's head. You have said this before. Yeah, You've cooked so a pig's I, head, I've and I find that very disturbing. Skull. Did you keep the skull? No. I would have kept the kiss. <laughs> you you would have done kept this is the true. skull. And, and I, can, I can assume I'm not. I'm not seen a real life human skull, but I don't think yes, they you look. Have well in pictures. Yeah. Not like in in my hand. No. But I don't think they look anything vaguely similar. No. <laughs> and they're quite different. Big, big. Yeah. Yeah. Difficult to get mixed up. The bones that were found at the bottom of the rectory that were reported by some as absolutely they were human bones others like no those were pig bones yeah. they were pig bones whether it was a jaw or not the church said they would not bury them mm. they are buried elsewhere they're buried nearby but no they wouldn't bury them because they said well they're not a person this is, this is not this is not a real person <laughs> this, this is bollocks this is, these are farm animals <laughs> <laughs> so harry price died in 1948 wouldn't you know it after he died suddenly everyone has something to say on the matter what a surprise mm. In the years that follow, twist to the tale would emerge. Madeline Smith. So the Smith, Reverend Smith. Mm-hmm. We were in there five years. Yeah. She revealed she'd been having an affair. Oh. And she admitted to fabricating a lot of what happened in the house. Ooh. To cover up her affair. Dearie me. That's a bit weird. Well, obviously it worked. It did. Worked at the time. It, it certainly drew the attention away mm-hmm. from, yeah, from shagging the lodger. <laughs> I have a feeling that it spiralled beyond her control. Yes. I can imagine it'll be, oh no, that tapping. That, that tapping. <laughs> that's the ghost. Uh, is it from the from the lodger's bedroom. No, that was, the, <laughs> that's definitely a ghost. <laughs> there really aren't any reports about so whether or not. Wasn't the headboard banging against the wall? <laughs> what? <laughs> There's no reports about whether the husband believed any of this shit. But Harry Price fucking turned up. And that's the second time he's turned up. That's because he's getting paid for making a book out of the thing. Well, yeah, he's... he's Oh, no, he wants to turn up going, there's more ghosts. And she's probably going, sure. Why not? Why not? I've, I've we, we, said all of this. We've just got a second lodger. Why not? There's two ghosts. <laughs> Her husband is like, my God, we need the finest ghost hunter in all of England. And more lodgers. <laughs> yes, more lodgers, clearly, to help out. Woohoo! <laughs> 
So she admitted that she had she had made noises to actually yeah. prank her husband to to make stuff up. But she was very disparaging of Harry Price. Yeah, and, and like her admitting, like, look, I had an affair and I did some stupid stuff. Harry Price completely like oh, blew it out of proportion absolutely. as well. And so like he fabricated stuff, and she would say he was just making the stuff up, like not happy about it. Marion she wasn't happy about the stories about Borley Rectory at the end of her life. She sort of published a story that she wanted, I, I believe it was after she died. Also, yeah. if you're dead, that no one can this, come this, is, this, this is the truth. This is what happened. Yeah. Deal with it. <laughs> there you go. Also, after Harry Price died, and again, it avoids the, the lawsuits, but several of his colleagues who worked with him at the, at the society debunked yeah, what he was doing said that he was making stuff up. The reporter from the Daily Mirror again came out and said like he was throwing rocks at me and he had rocks in his pocket. Way, the other investigator said everything that happened in that house that we found was either natural, like wind or vermin, mm. or it could be explained by anything else, or it was Harry Price doing it. We do not believe that yeah. anything happened. We believe he was making stuff up. Others though said they believed it was a haunted venue <laughs> well there's obviously stuff going on before he rock he before he rocked up well there, were, there the... was stuff going on it's not as if he turned up and the whole thing's everything started that's so the yes. big question mark over borley rectory certainly terence hines who was one of his investigators who was not a fan of harry price later on wrote that and this is the quote that's often used mrs marianne foster wife of reverend lionel foster who lived at the rectory from 1930 to 1935 was actively engaged in fraudulently creating haunted phenomena price himself salted the mine and faked several phenomena while he was at the rectory but as you've said there were certain things about what happened at Borley Rectory that could not be explained. And Marianne Foster herself said she could not explain the writing on the wall. There had been hauntings and strange things that had been going on at that rectory for years before. Was everyone lying? Was everyone making up stuff? And this is the thing that becomes embellished, embellished, embellished over the years. Is it just a story that simply spiraled to become the greatest haunted house of all time? (laughs) Or were there really spirits trapped? at Borley Rectory. Well, no. really, it's for you to decide. I decided. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just railroaded over my ending. Then, Sorry. Didn't you? Well, there you go, Nick. Mm. That's the story of Borley Rectory. Okay. There's alleged murders in there. There's poisonings. Yeah. There's also, there is the greatest poison of them all. Fraud. Fraud. <laughs> because, really, that's what that could yep. absolutely yeah no yeah completely okay hit me with it nick you as a skeptic what do you think i mean oh harry why 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 if if the place okay so yes there was obviously a lot of shenanigans going on before harry arrived if that was the case why why embellish and why create all these other things i mean aren't ghosts enough (laughs) <laughs> if you're, you're there to explore spiritual yeah goings on supernatural events and what have you and ghosts of nuns walking the grounds and things isn't that enough mm. why do you need to be throwing stones at people why do you need to be doing all this other stuff to make it more spooky i mean come on <laughs> so, that's the thing about um, so, harry price it's it's the most perplexing and it's one of the reasons i did message people who have covered these supernatural stories more and went like 
what 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 do you think yeah. what do you think of harry price the so, thing that i come away with is if you set up an entire career debunking wouldn't it be amazing if you'd found the one thing you found the one true thing that's what everyone wants yeah. everyone's debunking but the, the the person who debunks everything comes out and goes i can't explain i this. can't explain this this is real isn't everyone gonna buy your book yeah but still uh... but he apparent apparently had money problems beforehand i don't know what those were because again i have not delved into the history of parry price to that level i'm yeah. sure other people have I but don't see what the making stuff up gets him but it got him bestsellers. It got him those books. Everyone, you know who Harry Price is. He didn't have. He didn't live very long afterwards, and he went back and he, you know, went back and was like to the point where, and I'm going to say this is what happened. He literally faked discovering bones. Yeah, absolutely. Those those are not human bones. No, no one believes that they are. It's a wonderful story. Other people want to have a conspiracy theory about it. I do believe that he buried those bones. Yeah. And tried to make it out because that's a sort of a last ditch attempt to like, no, 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 let's carry on this. Because I think he'd made money. To get back in the papers again and to get my name and yeah, get a headline and stuff like that. He had gotten fame and notoriety. Yeah. So, yes, I mean, so absolutely he made it all up and definitely. Mm. But obviously he doesn't explain. It had gone on for a long time before his arrival. Yes. So, yes, so there's no denying that. I mean... What do you think about the, the old stories? I mean, I think... I think a brand new house in a a place, if there is that sort of legend and those stories in a remote rural community, mm. okay, yeah, there was there was this monastery, whether it existed or not, who knows? Mm. Uh, but obviously there was there's a, there's a church there, so there must have been some sort of infrastructure around the, church, a very yeah. ancient church. So there must have been back in the day. Obviously, for there to be a church there, there must have been reason for there to be a church there. It must have been a a bigger community than it was later otherwise yeah. there wouldn't be a church there mm. if there were if there was no community to serve mm. then they wouldn't have built a church there so obviously it was a more of a bustling environment back in the day than it is was then or is is currently now yeah so okay fair enough so you can imagine that yeah there are stories and things that get passed down mm. and what have you and especially from that time when it was so much more spiritual yeah i can completely get why those old wife tales get taken in so when the new reverend arrives you hear those stories mm. 14 kids in a house <laughs> yeah there's 14 kids in a house who are gonna hear those stories and hear those tales and things mm. and are gonna play up to it and be kids <laughs> and from all the reports that henry bull was into it yeah he was fascinated by it by by something of the other world and yeah. what he could prove and what he could see well, you yeah. find that a lot with that sort of Victorian sort of yeah. priesthood sort of thing who are really into that sort of folklore and mm. um, that, so that sort of thing. So I'm, I've no doubt that he was all there learning about local local legends and local stories and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, and telling, children... telling his kids at bedtime about the... And if they go out and they say, we've seen something, daddy's going to give you praise in yeah. that kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so I, I completely see how those things start hmm. and how they can get embellished and carried away and stuff like that do i do, oh, you know i don't i, I don't you're, you're the skeptic i am though, completely yeah. complete skeptic about <laughs> such things i wish it wasn't so but i am i love the way you always say that you wish it i wasn't would love so. to, i would love to, have to believe in such things 
It, it, it must be so comforting to be able to believe in that. But well, it is. It's a comforting to believe in anything. Yeah. Any belief you have is a comfort. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're sort of the, the same but opposite. Because mm. <laughs> you're always a skeptic who would love to believe. Whereas I'm a believer who knows <laughs> that it's probably all bollocks. Not knows. We can't be certain of anything. But I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah. I think there's a rational explanation for everything. But I 100% be like, nope, nope. There were ghosts <laughs> everywhere. And I've seen shit I can't explain. Oh, I bet yeah. you have too. I want no indeed. Yeah, I mean, I've had weird things that you can't explain or weird feelings that you <laughs> that are <laughs> sorry when, when you're growing up and, <laughs> and you're in a house with 14 kids you're like i don't know what this is what's the, what, okay what's the weirdest thing you've seen let's just say it for I'm, Halloween. I'm not i've not, not seen i've not seen anything feeling feelings but yeah i remember yes. i mean a couple of occasions back in oh sort of 20 25 years or so ago i lived in a little in a bed sit Sort of one. I have not heard this story. You know, Tell I, me I, I lived in a bedsit in Guildford. So a bedsit for was American it because people of the drugs? Like a studio, all in <laughs> everything in one room. Yeah. Sort of little studio apartment, and it was an old, big old Victorian house that had been converted into yeah. individual studios. And I remember I was there for about three months before I had to leave. You just lie in bed and you would have this constant feeling of someone. You know that feeling you get when someone you think someone's staring at you. <laughs> I think someone's, think someone's watching you. Weird feeling no, on the back of you. Yeah, so yeah, just constantly yeah. just lying in bed and just getting that, that someone is watching. Which was which is incredibly unnerving. And the cat is there. Start talking about ghosts. The cat's <laughs> now meowing. So, yeah, so, that's so, mad. Yeah, yeah, so I have that there. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know you had that. And like, mm. you had to leave because and of I left, it? Well, I mean, I left my, my, my sort of contract was up. But yeah, there's something you can't... You <laughs> that's can't. the thing that would be written down going, and I had to leave. Also, my contract was up, but so yeah, I had to. <laughs> I, said, well, I didn't have to. I could have extended. But I chose at that point to go, nah, it's not the place for me. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> because it's haunted, because it's, Yes, because something weird's going on. You, you still have that. that. I, remember, yeah. I remember that feeling. I remember working in theatres and things where there's legends of the ghosts who live in in certain boxes and, and things like that. You've, um, you've talked about before about feeling like someone's watching yeah, you Yeah, and being there sort of working late at night or something on a, on a painting stage sets and things. Mm. And at two in the morning, you just you feel someone watching you. And it's one of those things like out of the corner of your eye, do you see someone in the box? Yeah. In one of the boxes? No, you don't. It's just a trick of the light and you're tired. And I think those are the things you tell for... yourself at two in the morning. I've had similar stuff where I've seen something. But I choose to go, no, absolutely not. No, 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 no. I'm going to leave that be yeah. and let that do its spiritually weirdly so, thing. Nothing that has yet convinced me. <laughs> but unnerved, yes. But yeah, moving back to the story, though, if these people were killed in mm. these, this nun and this monk who were discovered and they were brought back and the nun was walled up in the convent, the, the monk was hung or beheaded, why are they haunting the house that was built 200 years later? The, the idea is that they haunt the land. Haunt the church. Haunt the church where you're, where you're walled up in the wall. Well... Allegedly, um, allegedly, the church has now taken on the hauntings has it? that have been lost to the rectory. They've all moved to the church. Right. So people apparently hear music and they see lights and stuff in the church. The saying goes is that where where you perish and if you are a trapped soul, then you will haunt that land. And if a house is built there, you're going to try and make noise and everything. There's various books explaining the levels of poltergeist activity and the detail they go into is is fascinating. But it's about energy and it's about mm. spirits sort of latching onto energy and not really knowing what to do with it 
It's like ghosts aren't wandering around knowing exactly what they're doing. <laughs> Much like humans, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what's going on. But yeah, they're, they're just sort of banging and making weird noises and doing stuff no. to try and get attention. But yeah, yeah maybe maybe that happened. And, you know, you live in old house, you live in old buildings, something will happen. And where else are they creak? Old houses, they, they, they creak and they make noises and they settle. And There's been many a time where I've heard something strange in this house, in the much older house that I grew up in, where I've had that thought, like, going, if I just flipped my way of thinking around, I could have 100% said that was a ghost. Yeah. Whereas right now I'm going, oh, that was just the house creaking. Just a floor and that was a thing it's moving. Just... However, in the old house I lived in, I definitely saw some weird stuff. <laughs> like, I saw, like, lights moving and then strange, like, doors closing and stuff like that. I'm going, okay, it's... but there we go. Oh, okay, there we so go. So the Borley Rectory... The most yeah. haunted place in England. Interesting, though. Certainly interesting. And is maybe fraud the greatest poison of them all? Why? <laughs> I, Just I let it be. I the crowbar of crime. Hey, it's Halloween. <laughs> well, what do you think, people? What do you think of the legends around Borley Rectory? Do you believe this is a genuinely haunted venue? Do you believe the stories that have stretched back through time do you believe the stories of the people who have visited the people who have investigated or do you believe that this is all the greatest poison of them all the greatest crime fraud do you think it's all lies and people making stuff up for attention or for financial gain tell us what you think jump on the comments of this episode wherever you listen to it on social media as well and tell us your thoughts your theories your feelings your experiences if you've been to Borley Rectory or if you've been to any other similar venues but most importantly you must mix up a widow's kiss a widow's kiss that was good yeah we've had two now we actually have. Yeah, yeah you, you yeah. knocked that one back pretty quick. I know. That second one. <laughs> it was so, dangerous. Yeah. It so, was uh, dangerous. It was a long episode. It was a Halloween special. It's gone still. down pretty well. Yeah. That one, so absolutely. Yeah, the recipe will be about on Friday. So do give it a go. It's got some random ingredients, so you may not have them. I appreciate that. But if you can, try it. Because it's actually damn tasty. Delicious. Remember to join us on Patreon if you want to have more spooky content before Halloween itself. And also for more weekly episodes, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes if you haven't already because it really, really helps our podcast. And also just tell us more spooky haunted venues that we could cover that have crimes involved. They Definitely have crimes. to have crimes. Need some crime. But we'd love to know what you think. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to haunt you. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.